Hello, Rita. Rita, is that you? Uh, no. What? Not this case. <laughs> Where is Rita and who are you? Well, I am Jose from Is It Spanish. Unfortunately, Rita is not here today. I'm going to take her place. It's going to be uh, you know, a pleasure for me to have you here. Uh, regarding Rita, um, I'm sorry she's not here, but we will uh, change things a little bit you know, throughout our episode. So you listeners uh, will have episodes where it's going to be me and a guest or Rita and a guest. Most of the times it's going to be me and Rita. I feel a little bit like you know, I've been left alone by Rita. Rita, I miss you. We miss you, Rita. <laughs> <laughs> you have a podcast too, right, Jose? Yes, I do. Uh, I am in, on Easy Spanish podcast with Paulina. So you know what it feels like to have a to have a co-host, and you know, being uh, used to have that other person sharing the mic with you. Absolutely, there's nothing compared to having the chemistry with your other host. And when they're missing, I I could understand what you're <laughs> what you're saying. And um, you have developed quite a chemistry with Paulina on the podcast. You're also doing some videos, but it, it seems like the Easy Spanish team is going to take things, you know, in the real world, in the off YouTube, offline world, in a way. Absolutely, I'm ex I'm very excited for uh, for this Spanish Winter School. I'm looking forward to it already so much, and it's going to be the first time that the whole team we're going to reunite and we're going to see each other and. It's going to be the perfect time to bond among among us in in person, you know, in real life. It's not just going to be the team, right? It's going to be the the students from the Easy Spanish channels, everyone, you know, following you, supporting you, and getting uh, the chance of finally finally meet you in person. That is just going to be like the the cherry on top is the opportunity to actually meet the people that uh, that support us and and actually take their time to watch our our videos and enjoy them it's going to be absolutely amazing there are still places available is that correct yes there are still so if anybody's very interested in in coming to the to this easy spanish winter school please uh we still have some places left and sign up all right we will add the link in the show notes uh, Ose, what is it that you're really looking forward to the most of this whole experience? I believe that one thing that really, that sounds real appealing is the fact that um, the people are going to have, uh, I believe, one of the most genuine experience when it comes to Spanish, not just one Spanish. So it's going to be very different Spanish, uh, very versions of, of Spanish, and people are going to have the huge experience and the opportunity to actually get to know all of these and learn and have a wider understanding of, of Spanish. And I believe that's very beautiful. All right. Spoiler alert. I'm not even sure I'm supposed to say that, but there might even be members from other easy languages teams. But, you know, it's not official, so we will not say anything. We'll, we'll stop there. We're just going to leave it there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it, it would be a very huge surprise. <laughs> unfortunately, it's not going to be me. I can confirm, unfortunately, <laughs> that I will not be there and I'm so jealous. Uh, we're, uh, I believe we're going to have a future projects like this. So you're going to have your, your chance. So, yeah. All right, Jose. Today we are going to talk about you, about Spanish, and about you know we, uh, you're going. We are going to ask you to share your language learning tips. So this is the structure that we have today: three sections. The first about you as a person. The second about 
the language, and the third one about language learning uh, tips. What do you think if we start straight away with our third section? Of course, let's get into it. So I was not sure how I was supposed to call you <laughs> because uh, I think, I, yeah, I call you Jose. Yeah. But I've also heard that a lot of people call you just Jay. Yeah, that is very true. A lot of people, a lot of my friends uh, call me Jay. And what is your full name instead? My full name is Jose Mariano. Let me ask you something. The, the, yeah. Does your family call you Jose Mariano? They do. They, they actually do. My whole family calls me like that, Jose Mariano. So if somebody calls you Jose Mariano, you know, as a friend or in the streets, you feel a little bit like you've done something wrong. So here's the thing. It would be... So I'm very used to uh, people from Bolivia, my family, people and my friends from Bolivia to call me Jose Mariano because I'm very used to that. But here in Spain... It's way different. I, nobody here calls me Jose Mariano. So if somebody here in Spain calls me Jose Mariano, I'm very taken back because I, I don't understand why they're calling me that, you know? I see. I asked you this question because uh, my full name is Rafaele, but basically nobody calls me like that. So if somebody uses the full name to call me, it probably means he or she is angry at me. Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> wants to call me out, you know, like a teacher at school, they used to call me Raffaele. I've done something wrong. So I, I love when people just call me Raf or uh, Rafa. Yeah. And that, you know, brings us to the pronunciation of our names, in this case, of your name. I'm sure, you know, you hear all kind of pronunciations when people call your name. Yeah. How do you cope with that? That's why um, it's way better when when people just call me Jay, because um, a lot of people try to call me Jose. My name is actually Jose, and people just, like, forget that, and it's way easier. I just tell them, just call me Jay. That's it. <laughs> The most common mispronunciation from an Italian point of view would be Jose. Yeah, Jose. One one good friend of mine, uh, Italian, would uh, would as a joke would say like Giuseppe. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> the actual translation of the name. Yeah, yeah. I would find that very funny. <laughs> Jose, would you like to tell us a little bit more about you as a person, your background, where you're from? You know. Or how many languages you studied, where uh, you studied, and so on? Oh, well, of course. Uh, well, uh, I was born and raised in Santa Cruz de la Sierra, Bolivia. Uh, when I was 15 years old, I moved to Barcelona, and I've been living here ever since. Um, I went to, to an American school uh, when I was a kid, uh, all through elementary and a little bit of high school. And that's where I learned all my English and here in Barcelona. So I went to school here and of course I had to learn Catalan and well, pretty much all the other languages eventually they came up because I just starting to have this very, this huge interest for languages. And I started just peeking at them and actually uh, as my, as my parents for some German classes, some French classes. So that's when I started like um, learning more and more. And you are studying linguistics right now? At the moment, yes, I am. I'm in my third year of linguistics in college. How is the experience? Um, I love it, to be honest. Uh, this is an aspect of language and languages that I did not see coming at all. I did not know all of this. And to be honest, it's very fascinating to be learning more and more 
about these kind of theories and in all these aspects. I see linguistics as uh, what really happens behind the pages of a language book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's it, it gets to the point where it almost becomes something philosophical. It's very interesting. And I, I like to think uh, of languages as, you know, physical entities that live in specific places and, you know, that depending on how much they travel from one place to another, they can change part of their personality as well. Yeah. Part of their traits. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I love, I love what you're saying right now because it seems that, um, you, you have this kind of a representation, cultural representation with every version of a language. So it's very beautiful to, to see all these very different and variations of one single language. But have you always been a language lover or uh, maybe you studied something else? Because a friend of ours, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Fran from the Easy Spanish team, told me that you actually started uh, studying chemistry. Is that correct? Yes, I am a chemist. I actually studied and, fit in, and obtained my degree in chemistry uh, in, yeah, in 2018. And along the way, when I was studying chemistry, uh, I just um, started learning other languages and started having some lessons. And um, yeah, uh, when I finished chemistry, I realized that I did not want to work as a chemist. I found it very, very interesting, but not enough to dedicate myself to that. And I took it upon myself and went back to college. I, I think I've lost the count. How many languages do you speak now? Um, I, at the moment, I speak seven languages. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the foreign languages will see if uh, we'll say something later during the episode, or maybe during the bonus, we'll see if we can have a, a multilingual conversation. Uh, let's see what we can do. Sounds interesting. <laughs> uh, but regarding your Spanish, you said you moved to Barcelona. Yes. And you come, of course, from a Spanish-speaking uh, country, Bolivia. Mm -hmm. Yes. But Spanish from Bolivia, I guess, is pretty different from Spanish from Spain. How was it at, at first when you landed in Spain and people were kind of speaking the same language, but the different language at the same time? Very much so. Um, when I got to Spain, yeah, you can, of course, I noticed the, like, the pronunciation of the Z and, and you know, the use of vosotros. And at the beginning, it was um, a little bit... Um, hard probably yeah a little bit difficult to on um to probably get used to it because it, it sounded like very 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 different but i actually ended up um it taking a lot of this um spanish version and i right now i believe that i speak like a hybrid between bolivian and spanish from spain <laughs> you know something very weird <laughs> Yeah, and it's also hotly debated because there are some people that say, should you really change your accent to fit in the new country? Should you try to imitate, you know, to have a better experience or should you totally keep uh, your native accent? That's a very interesting question. I So I come from Bolivia, right? So we there, we don't, we don't say tú, we say vos, and we also say ustedes instead of vosotros which means like you all. And in my 13 years that I've been living here, I haven't had the need uh, nor the, the urgency to change that so people understand me. I, I, I've been living here and I have not uh, lost those very 
distinct marks of my dialect so people understand me and people do understand me. So I believe there's no need whatsoever to lose. Um, a lot of people lose their their very huge traits of their uh, of their of their native language to adapt because uh, because of social reasons or or many other reasons. And I believe that's not necessary. You can still talk like yourself, and people will understand you. And of course, uh, at the end of the day, you will end up. Um, Uh, you will end up talking a little bit like people like the people you're surrounded with because that's just common Uh, i mean you're 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 uh, you're spending a lot of time with them so of course you're going to end up influenced yeah at some point i guess you cannot avoid that if you if you are surrounded by uh, castilian uh, spanish speakers all all day all the time you will end up uh, you know picking up a few things here and there that will mix with your uh, native language native accent yeah. Yes. We'll talk about all the different versions of Spanish in a minute, uh, so in our next sections. But before doing that, I have a couple of questions because, you know, I'm a huge fan of your channel, the Easy Spanish Thank channel, you. both the YouTube channel and the podcast. And I have noticed a couple of things about you that, you know, struck my attention. Okay. One of them is you are a huge fan of Mario Bros., I am. I am. Not going to lie. I said that. I am. And uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but, you know, as an Italian guy, I couldn't help, you know, making the connection. <laughs> I am a huge Nintendo fan, really. And the other one is uh, we probably have the same favorite anime, which is Japanese cartoons. Yeah. In common. Well, I guess the English name is Saint Sia. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I remember that. I used to watch that when I was a kid. I loved that show. Yeah, I basically remember that every time I went back from school, uh, yeah, from middle school, so let's say from when I was 10 to 13, yeah. I would come back as soon as I could from, from school so that I could have lunch and then enjoy 30-minute episodes of Saint Sia or the, the Knights of the Zodiac. Oh, they were so good. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we know them in... In Latin America, is that as the Night of the Zodiac? Such a good, such a good TV show. I'm not sure if you like or watch other animes or if you read mangas. Does it ever? Well, has it ever given you, uh, you know, that I want to learn Japanese vibe? You have no idea how many times <laughs> I've thought about that. I love anime. I, I've, I've watched anime ever since I was a kid. And at some point I started watching it in, in the original version with subtitles. And I find Japanese such a beautiful and very majestic language. I would love to talk like that, to be honest. Not like an anime character, but I would <laughs> love to, to talk, to, to actually speak Japanese. If you learn Japanese from animes or mangas, you might end up saying, uh, stuff like you will die soon <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah, st- stuff like that. that that kind of phrases yeah yeah bring honor to your uh to your people or the power of friendship i don't know no <laughs> I, no, I don't believe people talk like that every day to day yeah yeah i guess there's quite a difference between the manga japanese and yeah. actual japanese but maybe we'll We'll have another episode in the future when you will uh, come here and you know we'll discuss a little bit about uh, manga and anime Japanese. I would love that. But for now, it's all about Spanish. Jose, it's 
it's one thing to say Spanish. Mm-hmm. And one thing is to say that it's the official language in 20 different countries and it's the second most native uh, language in the world, I think. It is. It is. You just cannot say there is one Spanish. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. There are many, many different types of Spanish. And there's been a question that some people, you know, especially when they are not from Romans languages originally. Yeah. Uh, they often ask questions like, can all these countries understand each other? Do they all speak uh, the same Spanish? So we're going to break it down like this. We can say that among uh, everyone, everyone who speaks Spanish, we can understand each other. We, uh, We have no problem. If we, at some point, neutralize uh, the way we're speaking. So... I believe 100% that if someone, let's let's say from Nicaragua and someone from Argentina, they start having a conversation and they speak in a very, very colloquial, informal way, there might, they might get to a point in which they might not understand what they're saying. Because, of course, each variant of Spanish has their own unique vocabulary, their own uh, linguistic twists. So at some point, they might... they. There might be some things in which they might not understand each other, but besides that, we can understand every uh, like everyone we, we, among us. We can understand us, yeah. So the way I uh, I understand this, these uh, you know, as a multiple layers. One of them is uh, pronunciation, and one of them is vocabulary. Yes, yes, definitely. And how how would you compare, for example, the situation with Spanish with the situation mm-hmm. for, for example, English? Like American English, British English, Australian English. Yes, yes. Is it similar? Is it different? It's very similar. Uh, but if you compare, if you compare American and British English, what are, uh, the difference that you might see are uh, first spelling, right, pronunciation. Uh, but when you get to, to for example, jokes, uh, comedy, uh, puns, um, they might have their own. And there might be sometimes in for for example, American people might understand might not understand British comedy and vice versa. The same would happen in in Spanish. So I believe that um the way that uh that Spanish people talk is harsher, harder than Latin American Spanish. And you can see it in in Spanish comedy. In Spanish comedy is very edgy, it's very um it's very spicy. And you can see that, uh, that, for example, many Spanish words that in Spain are not considered, for example, bad words, you know, and in Latin America, they are considered that. That's very interesting. That's yeah. very interesting. So another question that I had, you know, regarding all these different versions of, uh, of Spanish is that we made the comparison with, uh, with English and English uh, from the United States or from the yeah. UK. But maybe Spanish as something else. I, I mentioned a couple of layers a few mm-hmm. minutes ago, like pronunciation and vocabulary. Maybe Spanish as an, an extra layer, which is structures, or I don't know how to say the 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 person that you use when you have to conjugate a verb. Yeah, you you said we use you, but we use mm-hmm. another version of you. We use to, but we use uh, vos, vos, and there yes. are ustedes. Can you tell us all about that? 
Of course, uh, in many Romance languages, you would see that uh, the, the pronoun for the second person is tu, right? As in Italian, Portuguese, uh, French, etc. Also in Spanish. But there are a lot of regions in, in Latin America where, due to historical reasons, they have completely uh, not forgotten, but they have replaced the word tu for vos, and that also alters a little bit uh, the conjugation. So, for example, it's very characteristic of people from Argentina and a lot of uh, other countries in Central America, also Bolivia, uh, that it changes the conjugation. For example, just in order to say you are, uh, in standard Spanish, people would say tu eres, but uh, we say vos sos. It changes completely. Do you know why is that? It's like... A kind of a, a long story but um at some point during the middle ages in spain they used um two ways to address people in uh, in order to address a king or some or someone who was above you you would use boss when when this uh, when the spanish arrived to to the americas and they colonized uh, well they well yeah they established they established in the in the americas they also taught the language they taught spanish so when they were teaching the Spanish, they taught them how to address someone who was uh, superior. Mm. So they would use boss. After some time, Spain would uh, would focus more on some upper countries, like, for example, in Mexico, the region of Mexico. And they would forget a little bit of, of, uh, of the people in South America. So they would not receive all these new linguistic innovations. So we can say that their Spanish is just um, is a fossil. It's it's stuck in time. We can say that because they're speaking with uh, with a little bit of we can say some some stuff of Middle Ages Spanish, Old Spanish. I like the way you say it because uh, it makes you uh, realize that languages are actually living beings. Yes. Until they stop developing, which uh, at that point they become fossils in a way. Yes. So we should not maybe always. Uh, um, be against uh, you know the new development of modern day language because that's what makes a language alive. The fact that it keeps on changing all the time. Absolutely, and I believe that these are like little, like a small treasures. I, I, for example, my Spanish, my dialect of Spanish, use some words that my friends here in Spain tell uh, tell me that those are the, those are some words that my grandfather would use, <laughs> not us. Yeah, it betrays, you know, some old roots. It goes back in time in a way. Yes, yes. It's like a time machine. It is, it is. It's very cool. And talking about that, I, I totally want to make, you know, a connection mm -hmm. with Spanish and uh, one of my native languages. I'm from Italy, so my native language is Italian, but I'm yeah. from a specific region of Italy, which is the city of Naples, mm -hmm. uh, which in the past used to be its own kingdom. Uh, and at some point, it was part of the uh, Spanish kingdom, too. So we share quite a, a, a lot of history with, with, with Spain, but also with South yeah. America. And we also share, you know, some language traits. Oh, yes. And there's also another connection, which is something that I have to admit. Every time I speak Spanish, <laughs> yes. there is somebody that tells me, oh, but, but you are from Argentina or you lived in Argentina. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> And I think there is a connection. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I believe that there is a connection 100%. I had, uh, I remember that I heard an Italian girl 
speaking Spanish and this thick Argentinian accent would come out. And I really and I genuinely thought that she was from Argentina. And I asked her, where are you from? And she said, oh, no, I'm I'm from Italy. And I was completely taken back. It, I, I remember that there was this huge, massive um, migration wave from, uh, from Italy to South America. So I know that the Argentinian Spanish is heavily influenced by, by Italian. So it would, to me, it was no surprise to hear an Italian person speaking Spanish. They would seem from Argentina. So it's not just me. I don't feel bad anymore now that you tell me that. Oh, no, no, no. Please, no, please don't. I, I remember that I was completely struck. I was not, I did not see that one coming. And it was very interesting. It's something that I can help. It's uh, my natural way of speaking. But when I speak Spanish and you combine, you know, the Spanish words and maybe uh, a South American pronunciation of some words, but with the Neapolitan or Southern Italian tone, you know, it's uh, perceived as an Argentinian accent. So that brings us to a big question. With so many different versions of Spanish, we said that there are 20 countries uh, that have Spanish as their official language. That probably means that there are close to 20 different versions of Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Spanish should people learn? I believe that is a very tricky question because I believe that Learn the version of Spanish that you like the most or the one that you have available. Because in the same way that foreigners, when they are exposed to different versions of, of Spanish and they're nonstop learning more and more uh, words, the same happens to us native speakers whenever we're traveling. So there is no correct version of speaking Spanish, just... Learn the one that you believe that you like the most or the one that, that is very close to you, closest to you. So, and sp just know that learning Spanish is a never ending experience because you're, because there's always something else to learn. There, there are many words, many words, and us, even native speakers do not all know all of them. And it's a never ending story. <laughs> Jose, I think it's time for you to share your language learning tips with us. Okay, so one very unpopular tip that I have, a lot of people <laughs> do not like this tip, is um, many people find grammar to be quite boring. But I believe that people should focus a little bit, a, a little bit on grammar, because grammar is the thing that would give you the structure. It, if you know a bunch of words in one language, that is great, but uh, you need grammar to put them together so it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if you, it, that um, many people find it like the, the most boring part, and I can understand that, it can get a little bit tedious. But I believe that if you focus on the key points of grammar and you actually, and you, uh, while you're talking, you are aware and you're trying to exercise those, uh, those grammar aspects, is going to really help you um to be able to actually make sentences and talk you know so you say in a way that the the grammar is the like the bones of your body the skeleton of your body yes. without it everything else falls apart absolutely that is yeah yes absolutely 100 that is how i see it i believe that the grammar is the skeleton 
and the words, the vocabulary are the organs, and the organs are sustained by uh, by the skeleton, by the bone structure. I believe that it really helps uh, and boost uh, the understanding. All right, it's very interesting because um, one thing, if I have to share one thing that I have learned, you know, throughout the years uh, learning languages, is that everyone approaches languages differently and learns languages differently. Yes. And uh, you're a polyglot, you have learned so many languages, and you say grammar is the most important thing. Uh, for example, I would be on the total opposite side. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I said that it was very unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> now, for example, we, we saw how in the first section we shared this love for trying to understand where that specific word comes from, going yeah. back in the past and everything. But when it comes to grammar, we are totally separated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I want to fight with you on this one. <laughs> okay, let, okay, bring it on. <laughs> Like uh, one thing that I that I like to say about uh, languages and grammar mm -hmm. is that languages do not have grammar. Ooh. Languages have a logic. Yeah. And grammar is just you know people trying to reconstruct, reverse engineering that logic. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your opinion on this one. Um, I believe that. Uh, what you call logic is what I would call grammar. Mm -hmm. And I believe that sometimes understanding the logic, like you said, or the grammar helps you understand, helps you understand a little bit why you're saying this. Because mm -hmm. having a little bit of awareness of why you're saying the stuff that you're saying, I believe helps you boost the learning, in my opinion, of course. Yeah, of course. I, I do agree that, you know, given the right uh, importance to grammar uh, mm -hmm. lays down stronger foundations when you go forward with your language learning. If you don't study grammar at all, especially at the beginning, but you just try to add words and words, as in the example that we made uh, a few minutes ago, if you don't have the skeleton, everything else will you know, fall down. Yes. So you do need that structure. Exactly. That, that's what I mean. I mean, I want to stress... I want uh, I want to stress the fact that I'm not saying that grammar is absolutely 100% the only thing that you should that, that you should study of course not um talking talking a language speaking a language is way more than just grammar it's also like interacting with people and and having the and having conversations of course but I just believe that grammar deserves a little bit of importance all right so you start with that I I do I actually do uh, that that's how that's how I start some lang many languages. I start by seeing how how it behaves, how's the logic, how's the grammar. Again, you know these similarities between languages and people, and animals, yeah, animals, yeah. people, living beings in living general. beings, yeah, yeah living beings living. in general. I love it. And also one last tip from you this time, uh, more specifically about you know learning Spanish. Maybe if you already know another Romance language. Oh. Well, yeah, there are since they all come from from the same from the same place. We're uh, we're gonna say that. Where um, where do they come uh, from? <laughs> they come well. They come from Latin, <laughs> and there are many words that are there that follow a certain pattern. And, and what I mean by that is, for example, there's sometimes that there's a certain sound that you would find. In, a, in in certain certain positions, let's for example say the word for done in Spanish is hecho, you know hecho, and the number eight is ocho, 
and we have this little sound, right? So if we take those words and we translate them to, uh, to Italian, we would find that uh, hecho means fatto, right? Yeah, double T. Yes, and ocho is otto. Double T again. Exactly. So the, it, this is not a, this this is not always the case. Of course, there are a lot of exceptions. A lot of exceptions, but there are there are also at the same time there are many there are a lot of words. If they come from this uh, from the same word, uh, you would find that uh, if you find this pattern, it also helps you. Let's say, for example, that you're learning Italian. I'm, I'm someone that I'm learning Italian, and I realize that oh, okay. So if there's a ch uh, in Spanish, there might be a double t, for example, in in Italian. And as we can see, it happens. It also happens, for example, in Portuguese and in other Romance languages. Yeah, I definitely noticed that uh, studying Romance languages. And it's funny that you mentioned this because in one of our previous episodes with Rita, we we tried to teach multiple languages with, you know, just one simple transformation drill, but this was more based on vocabulary. So you take a word, you make a couple transformations for every language, and you get the same tr the same word translated into six different languages. Yes. You say, don't just apply that to, uh, to words, but sounds in general. So they kind of follow the same patterns. Yes, yes. If, when you put them together, you have, you know, a huge advantage. Uh, when uh, when you try and learn, for example, Spanish, and you already speak Italian, yes, because it because it helps you very much. Uh, if you don't know a word, you might guess the word, and you might get it right because of this. <laughs> you might get away with it, actually. <laughs> yes, yes, ex yes, exactly. I mean, if you make a mistake, of course, you make a mistake. You learn that you you learn the correct word, and that's it. You move on. But there are many times in which this kind of uh, of logic really helps yeah yeah it gives you a, a leg up do you say do you say that oh i'm sorry what excuse a, me a leg up oh a leg up oh yeah 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 <laughs> or, or, or did i just make this uh, english idiom i pr we probably we probably made a new one today <laughs> it, gives, it gives you a leg up <laughs> it gives you an advantage you know sometimes i i hear idioms and i kind of guess again <laughs> the meaning <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a guess game when you guess you have to be ready to uh to the fact that you might be using it in the wrong way <laughs> yeah probably and just laugh it off if it's wrong right absolutely learn from the mistakes yeah <laughs> all right i say it's been a, a huge pleasure for uh, me and the Easy Languages podcast family <laughs> to have you here. I, I actually look forward to having you again in the future, maybe with Rita as well here, you know, asking you questions. So thanks for coming. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. The pleasure has been mine. I really have enjoyed this experience and thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to the, to the next time. Molte gracias a te. <laughs> y hasta la próxima. See you later. 